Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of the 48 Minutes Basketball Network podcast. I am Tim Dandrew here with Sean Backey. We are without Ben Brown and Josh Hayes this week, but never fear, we are here. Uh, Sean, we are now just seven days from recording away from the NBA season mattering. Uh, games actually are real and legit. Count on your record. Uh, yeah. But preseason games so far have been kind of fun. I think more is just I really got to the point where I actually missed NBA basketball um, yeah. after having it nonstop for 38 months and then going back to like not ha- having a normal off season for the first time in forever. I was like, Oh man, I'm kind of, kind of miss this. So I've had a lot of fun watching some games. Um, seen a lot of good and a lot of bad as you do in preseason basketball, but what's kind of been some of the stuff that's uh, jumped out to you about, you know, stuff you've seen, stuff you've liked from this kind of pre from the preseason run, of players, uh, any performances that have jumped out to you that we haven't just advertised on 48 minutes, uh, social medias. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I mean, I mean the Lakers won last night. That was something, right? Yeah. I thought last week, the LeBron and AD both had performances where it was like, Oh, this is why it's like, you don't really give up on them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, Two great. I mean, LeBron is one of the greatest players of all time, and AD is apparently one of the greatest seventy-five players of all time, according to some lists. So, um, <laughs> but Dwight Howard is not. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, I. It was. Uh, it was good seeing them uh, be able to go out there and kind of take care of some business. I. I'll be completely honest with you, Tim. Uh, preseason basketball has gotten to the point to me. It's almost like preseason football, except there's better athletes out there actually playing um it doesn't count for anything in my mind it gives people false hope um it is uh it can be anything you know and i i i'll be honest with you i never try to read anything into preseason at all um it's uh i don't i don't really think that it's a great indicator at all for anything for for you know the nba season and it's so long it's so long and there's so many things that can happen. And, you know, it's like we already got, you know, LaMelo Ball out for an extended period of time now. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's not something that I, I like to, to just hang my hat on. I've been very, very choosy about watching games. I've watched a couple of Bulls games. I've watched a lot of um, – I've watched a lot of uh, highlights, but I'm just – I'm just not invested in, in what the teams are doing right now. It's just not, it's not that time yet next week though. It's go, it's go time. Things count for something. And then I'm actually going to care more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I kind of play the devil's advocate on that. I think it does matter. I mean, obviously no wins and losses don't, but like, what does your team look like in a half court offense? How, what's the defense look like? Are you guys stepping up and make, helping each other out? Are you communicating? I think a lot of that, you know, laying the foundation. Like if you watch that Brooklyn game last Friday against Miami, where, you know, all those guys played except for Kyrie 
and they lost by 30. And Ben Simmons yeah. looked like utterly lost on the court. Um, so what happens you know, when you don't play for two years. Yeah. And I don't think Miami really played much of like their guys. I think like, well, yeah, Butler played and Bam played. And I thought like, and like, they just looked that, like, way that, better. That matters. That matters. Well, and, and the Miami Heat are an elite team. Like they're yeah. an elite team. They're, they're top three, top four right now in my mind. So, um, you know, and Brooklyn, they don't know what they are. You know, they don't know what they're going to be. Ben Simmons hasn't played for forever. Frauds. Frauds. Yes. Frauds. So they've had a lot of drama this off season, obviously. So coming off of that, I mean, I, I'm at a point though, where like, I know we're going to talk. There's, there's teams that we can, we cannot avoid talking about. Right. The Lakers yeah, are one just, of them. The Brooklyn Nets are talking. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about them this year. You know, um, it's just going to happen just because of how many great players they have on their team. And I just, uh, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm not going to look too much into a, uh, a blowout in the preseason with Brooklyn, but I'm also going to totally look way too much into a loss like that because, you know, I mean, what are we looking at here? What is this team made of? What are they, you know, what are they going to go out and do this year? And, um, I think they will sort of figure it out and then they'll fail. If that makes sense. Like that's just, that's just my gut feeling for this team. I just, I don't know. I think their, their window was two seasons ago. Yeah. I think their window's close too. Um, I, I don't really have much faith in them as an organization. And I just kind of feel like the way things go with how things already went that we already discussed in length. Um, I would not be putting money on the nets. I will say that no. much. No. Um, but yeah, there's that. I thought uh, I want to talk real quick about Atlanta. Um, you know, they played Dabu Dhabi against Milwaukee and both the Johnson Murray and Trey young each had games of like, Oh shit. So yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to be a problem. That's going to work. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be successful. That is. I might, that might've been, I, I think that, you know, for, for a lot of casual fans that probably that move getting DeJounte Murray down there was probably kind of, kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but uh, for any hoops buff out there, I think this is going to open up that team so much more. And I think they're going to have a lot of fun down in Atlanta this year. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm happy for them. Cause it's like, they're just, you know, they've made some kind of, they've made weird moves. I mean, trading Luka Doncic for him. <laughs> uh, I know that's the weirdest move that's kind of put this whole team into swing and, and set this process up. Um, but it's uh, they're, they're a unique organization. They've got some fun players and I just, fuck it. Let's go out and have some fun in Atlanta this year. Yeah, they're going to be fun. They're going to be good. Um, that's going to be a joy to watch. Yeah. I think the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on was, uh, I guess Jordan Poole didn't have any issues with uh, getting punched in the face because he's been tremendous the last few days. God. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Poole's gonna be. Poole's gonna be great. Do you? Do you foresee anything happening in the in the season where like Clay Thompson ends up getting benched for him? No. Um, okay. I think if anyone did, you know, no. I'm just trying to think of like, you know, because you can play Wiggins at the four, you know, there's a lot of different flexibility options they have. 
So I think where he's at is going to be just fine. I'm like, okay. I really, I see Steph Clay, Draymond. Wiggins. Wiggins or Looney. Like who the hell is going to be the other starter? Why am I? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's a conversation for another time. I will figure it out by next week. I'm sure. Uh, so we're going to go through, we're going to kind of discuss some of the betting odds off of DraftKings on some of the NBA awards and kind of give our thoughts on who we see winning them. Um, I've already been pretty vocal about who I have winning MVP. So it's not like this is going to come much of a shock if you've listened to the last few episodes, um, but we're going to go through a few of them and just kind of give our thoughts and go through there. And Sean, I really wanted to actually start in the polar opposite direction. Thanks. A yeah, lot, you did. A lot, uh, where the, uh, where I made the thing. There we go. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> and you and I were talking about this a little bit off air, but just, this is always a weird award. Like, so we, weird. So most improved player. And uh, the odds that we have here, uh, Anthony Edwards at plus a thousand, which he's a top 25 NBA player according to NBA rank ESPN. So why is he on this list? Tyrese Halliburton at plus 1200, Jalen Brunson and Zion Williamson at 1600, Cade Cunningham, a second year player. He's supposed to improve RJ Barrett, Anthony Simons at 2000, Shea Gittles Alexander, who's an all-star Tyrese Maxi Lamella ball at 2,500, Jordan Poole at 2,800. DeAndre Jordan, Jalen Green, another second-year player, Keldon Johnson, Colin Sexton, and last year's Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes at plus 3,000. So I don't understand what the point of this award is anymore if it's like second-year guys are like high favorites to win it or a guy who was just voted to be one of the top 25 players in the NBA is on this list. Um, So those guys, to me, should be discounted. I, you know think Anthony Edwards is going to be an all-star this year. The Wolves are going to be really good uh, as you know, as we expect, but you know, I look at a guy like Jalen Brunson, who's going to a situation from Dallas to New York where he's the lead guard and he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. That's kind of going to be beneficial. Um, I don't know if Shea Gilles Alexander will get it because he's already been an all-star and you know, that team's obviously not very good. And then Kelton Johnson's getting a lot of credit. You know, he's, you know, Kelton Johnson, and Colin Sexton are playing on two teams that might be the two worst teams in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, Shea playing on the other one. Um, LaMelo Ball's hurt already. Anthony yep. Simons, I have no clue what to expect from Portland. Uh, I can see them going either direction. So I've got mine down to Jalen Brunson and Tyrese Halliburton. And I went okay. Brunson strictly because I just made mention of all those teams being bad. And Tyrese Halliburton is going to be on the Pacers, who might be the Eastern Conference worst team this year. Um, so I feel like Brunson might be a good pick at that plus 1600. And I think with the fact that he's becoming the lead ball handler in New York, RJ Barrett's continuing to grow. Mitchell Robinson's there. I felt like Brunson was probably my best pick there just because of how much more volume he's going to get. I like your pick. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Um, however, I, uh, I don't know what it is, man. I I can't I can't uh, hop on the Knicks train for anything. I mean, Julius Randle won a couple years back, uh, rightfully so, and then he dipped below. Um, I'm gonna go for the most obvious choice here. I'm gonna go with with Mr. Peel. Um, I think he's gonna get a lot of run this year. I think he is going to. I mean, there's gonna be games that Steph doesn't play. There's gonna be games that Clay don't play this year. And I think he's going to have to be that guy who's going to go out and be the scorer. And he is that scorer. And he is, he has mimicked 
everything he's seen on his team and to get better and kind of came out of nowhere last year. And here we are um, another year in and he's, I don't know. I just, I just feel like there, there's going to be a lot more eyes also in, in golden state than the Knicks. I mean, how many Knicks games, I mean, how many, you know, this is voted by the media, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it. how many people are going to be watching this? How many people are going to be invested? I think that matters. And the year that Julius Randle won, the eyes were really back on the Knicks. I just don't see the eyes being back on the Knicks this year. I just, he's not a, uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it, they're in a, they're in a weird crossroads and they ended up getting a player that everybody knew that they were going to get this year. So yeah, I'm, I'm going with, with Jordan Peele. Jordan Poole. Pull, pull, pull. Why did I say peel? I don't know why I said peel. Did you just watch Get Out again? No, I was. I think. I think I was thinking Anthony Peeler, and that came into my mind, and that's a name I haven't thought of in a while. Yeah, he'll have a card in my team next week. Now you said something, so he one hundred percent will. I've put it in the air. Yeah. What up? <laughs> All right. So defensive player of the year. I felt like this was like a much tougher one to decide. Um. Rudy Gobert's the favorite at plus 425. Bam at a plus 650. Robert Williams, the time lord, at plus 1,000. Even with his injury, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, Draymond and Giannis both have won in the past, plus 1,100. Mikhail Bridges at plus 1,500. Evan Mobley at 1,700. Marcus Smart and Joel Embiid at 1,800. Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons at 2,000, knowing they're going to be on bad defensive teams. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. at 2,200. And Jared Allen at 3,000. So two calves in the top half of the odds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say Evan Mobley because we know how much I love him. Um, I think he's tremendous, and you know, it's this is a big man's award. Except for Marcus Smart did win it last year, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I, I like seeing wing guys win it. I just don't know if that trend will continue. So I'm gonna go with who you picked last year, and I'm taking Bam Adebayo. Uh, you said it earlier. Miami Heat are an elite team. They are a defensive first team, which makes all the difference in the world when it comes to awards like this. And he's the anchor of their defense. Obviously, Butler's a terrific man-to-man defender as well. But Bam, to me, makes the most sense because of all those teams, I feel like Miami is the most sure thing. Uh, What I mean by that is Rudy Gobert and Minnesota look on paper like they're going to be awesome, but anything can happen, especially with that organization. Uh, Time Lord, we have no idea how much he's going to play, you know, when he's back, if he'll be in full swing immediately, Evan Mobley, I feel like it's just a little too young. Um, I think he will win one of these in his, in his career. Yeah. Maybe multiples. Um, and, you know, Jaron Jackson's hurt. Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons, like I said, their def- their teams are going to be bad defensively. Ben so. Simmons being on here to me is just like hilarious. Just, it's hilarious. Like, why is he even on this list? He hasn't played in two years. Like I just, I, that's, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, I'm go out. ahead. So yeah, give me Bam Adebayo. I think Bam Adebayo wins it this year. You're going for Bam. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack, and I'm actually gonna go with the other guy, the guy who does the dirty work in Cleveland. I'm going with Jared Allen. Um, I, I like think. Uh, yeah, I think he. I, it makes the most sense for a guy like him. He is the uh, the Kurt Rambis of this team, who is going to be able to let uh, the other guys do their 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 offense. Um, he prides himself on his defense and that's, that's what he, he does best. Um, I think um, for me, looking at all of these, these guys on the list, I would say Bam's probably my second. 
Um, not even going to beat around the bush about that. I think, you know, you going with that makes sense. Um, but so many head scratchers on this list. And I don't think Rudy Gobert is going to win another one. I, I just think his run's over with, um, you know, and he's on a different team now, different system. I just, I don't know. Or, but maybe, you know what, if he wins another one, do what kind of conversations do we have about his career if he wins one in, in Minnesota? Similar to the ones we're having about Dwight Howard's Defensive Player of the Year awards. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would say. So I will say this. I feel like anytime Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert has made how many All-Star teams? A handful, I think. Yeah. Um, and doesn't well, he always get like picked last? <laughs> yeah. LeBron literally made fun of it that one year with him and Durant where the last two guys were Mitchell and Gobert. And he's like, we were kids. We never played with the Jazz. Like when you played video games, no one ever picked the Jazz. So he's like, this is just a kind of a continuation of that. He's a three-time All Star, by the way. Three-time. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. So, yeah, I think he, if he wins another one, we're gonna have to start kind of reevaluating the way we think about him. Um, and it, he's a great defender. I'm not gonna lie. So he's also one of my favorite players in NBA 2K. He'll lock up your paint for you. Yeah, that he will. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun award. I mean, there's a lot of fun options. I think uh, Embiid could totally have like the Giannis oh, year yeah. where he wins both of them. Um, and because I think I really really like Philly. I, I really like their team. It's just you know, yeah. Can you count Absolutely. on James Harden in Game Seven? Is really what matters because I don't. I'll never. I'll never talk about regular season James Harden ever again. I I I, I refuse. I don't yeah. care if he has a 75 point game. Like, yeah. All right. Cool. Like, congratulations. You did it on a Tuesday night in Orlando. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, so I was watching the Magic game tonight. Okay. Uh, a little bit before we got on air. And have you ever like watched one of their broadcasts, the Magic themselves? Oh uh, yeah, uh, a couple times. So Jeff Truder is their color commentator, former yeah, love, Orlando love Magic. Jeff, love love Jeff. Yeah, and then uh, their play-by-play commentator. I literally was like, why is Mike Breen calling their game? Because the guy's voice, it wasn't Mike Breen. It's not Bright Breen. Who was it? Whoever their regular play-by-play guy is. But I was like listening to the game. They didn't show his face just yet because it was one of the ones where it's on NBA TV and the pregame cuts right to tip off. And I'm like, okay, so Mike Breen's doing the Magic game. That's kind of weird because he either does National or the Knicks. Yeah. And they show the guy like on the side with Jeff. And I'm like, really weird that Mike Breen is there. Look dead on him, sounded just like him. It's not Mike Breen. Okay. Yeah. So I was like just not but it wasn't like a, a like like a, a famous former player or anything that No. Okay, okay. I thought you were kind of leading up to I can't believe that it was so and so. That's where I thought we were going with that. I'm sorry. No, Jeff Turner being the color commentator for the magic is the most like on the nose, like yeah. 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 yeah that's what he would do. Yeah, absolutely. It's like Bill Cartwright. I mean, it's like Bill, Bill Wennington doing Bulls games. You're like, yeah, makes sense. I used to, back in the old like NBA live days when I was a kid growing up, like I would always like trade him for Michael Jordan, you know, you know, so I could put, you know, Jordan on the magic, you know, so I used to do that all the time, but he was always the guy who had to get traded. Yeah. I think everyone understands that. Mm-hmm. You can do it now though too with Aeris mode and 2K. So I guess I guess I could. I guess I could. Yeah. Gotta bring it back. Yeah. All right. Uh we're gonna get to the fun awards now. Uh six man of the year, which yeah. your pick for most improved Jordan Poole is the 
very odds on favorite. Very, very yeah. odds on favorite at plus 400. Uh, Tyler Hero at 800. Christian Wood at 1,000. Malcolm Brogdon at plus 1,200. Bones at plus 1,400. Uh, Kevin Love, Cam Johnson, Anthony Simons, and Jordan Clarkson at plus 25. Spencer Dinwiddie at plus 28. Norman Powell, Karis LeVert, and Bogdan Bogdanovich at plus 3,000. Um, so Tyler Hero won it last year. We know that Jordan Poole has a ton of props and love right now after the finals and being part of, you know, being the younger splash brother. Now uh, Christian Woods, obviously going to get a lot of, lot of credit playing with uh, Luca. Um, I went long shot. I, I'm going to go in Karis Levert. Okay. I feel like on this Cleveland team, they're going to be pretty good. As we've talked about for a while, we're pretty high on them and his scoring ability off the bench is going to help that team so much. And I suspect it seems more and more like Isaac Okoro is going to be their starting three. Uh, so the plus 3,000 of Karis LeVert, I, I like that. I think that's those are decent odds. Uh, I'm going to go take a long shot on Karis just because I think pool hero are way too easy of selections. Okay. What if I told you I was going to go with an outside-the-box guy? Oh, boy. Where are we going Would you would, would you welcome it? Is it Dennis Schroeder? It is not. Okay, no, I, then I welcome I, it. I'm going with Malik Monk. In Sacramento, okay. In Sacramento. I am going with him. I feel like he is one of the more low-key, great pickups of the season. Where I think we're all kind of like casually excited to see what that team can do this year because we don't really know. I mean, it could just end up like every other Sacramento Kings season. It could. Very possible. Could go both ways. But for some reason, I feel like the optimism is there. And Malik Monk... Coming off the bench there, being able to provide, uh, you know, some some shots. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm taking a I'm taking a flyer out on him. We're both going long, long distance on yes. our six man picks. Yeah, which means it'll probably be like Christian Wood. It'll probably be Christian Wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which so what, would, what would make sense actually? So yeah, I, I guess like I didn't recognize because all these like a lot of the names on there I was like won't these guys be starters? You know. I like, would think that Christian Wood would be a starter. Malcolm Brogdon I think would think like he would start over Derek White, you know. <sighs> yeah. Well, the the reason why Malcolm Brogdon will be six, you know, will be in the sixth man of the year conversation is he's going to be hurt every other game. So True. But that's just me being mean and and disrespectful. <laughs> hey, I like it. All right, rookie of the Ooh. year. All and right. So it's not Chet Holmgren. All right, we can go ahead and cross him off the list. Um, yeah. All right, so Paolo Bancaro is a very, very odds-on favorite at plus 200. Keegan Murray at plus 450 from the Kings that we just talked about. Jabari Smith for the Rockets at plus 550. Jaden Ivey plus 750. You had a highlight real play tonight in preseason. Uh, ben Mather of the Pacers at plus 1,200. Shaden Sharp at plus 18. Dyson Daniels at plus 2,000. Johnny Davis and Ushman Zhang at plus 2,500. Then Jalen Williams, Jalen Durrett, and Oche Agbaji at plus 3,000. So, so, this is a fun list. There's a lot. It is. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to pick Paolo just because the fact that uh, the eyes are going to be on him the most and Orlando is going to likely run their offense through him. I do question his athleticism at times and sometimes his decision-making. Uh, he's very easily a guy that Pete and so are going to push to the left if, you know, they don't yeah. want him to use his right hand as much. Um, yeah. And Keegan Murray is another great option. But 
you know, he's already the number one pick. He's a Duke guy. So that obviously gives him a leg up with the uh, national media. And, you know, he's going to be the guy Orlando relies on for everything because everyone gets hurt there. So as long as he stays healthy, uh, he should really have a good chance to get a ton of action in that offense in the half court. So I'm taking Paolo, uh, but my, my distant favorite, you've heard me talk about the Wizards quite a bit this year already. Uh, Johnny Davis. I feel like him and Bradley Beal in that backcourt. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out here. I, I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey. I like, I it. think, I think, uh, from what I've seen from him in the preseason so far, he looks really good. He's aggressive. Um, I think he's going to fit down there very well. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, when Cade come into the league last year, I know people were trying to peg him as a straight, you know, one, and it looks like he's kind of getting bumped to a two right now in this sort of role, just, you know, but Ivy is aggressive. Um, he's putting up, uh, you know, he's been putting up some good points in the, in the preseason. Um, and, you know, it's the preseason. I know I'm breaking all my own rules that I spouted out earlier this year or earlier tonight, but you know, you know, the, there was one game uh, a couple of days back where they played the Pelicans. They ended up losing. He had 14 points, hit six assists, three rebounds. I mean, one steal. He's he's productive, um, and he's going to get a lot of burn. Um, not as much burn as some of these guys that are going to be completely relied on, like Palo, or you know, you know, even looking down this list. Um, hold on a second. Um, Shaden Sharp. Who knows? We don't know what we're getting from him. But I also, if I was going to pick a second one, I would actually go with Jabari Smith. I think he's going to be just a lot of fun down in down in Houston. So, um, but that's is. what I would go to. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be really, really good. So, um, like we said, or I think you said last week, what a consolation prize, you know, in the uh, in the NBA draft. But that that would be. I'm gonna, I'm going to go with Ivy. I just I don't know. There's something about him. Yeah, I love them. I, I love them. I actually totally forgot about this. So back when I used to do Notre Dame sports and I used to cover them, I actually interviewed his mom like 10 or 12 years oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. 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 Niel. I think I think you mentioned that to me a while back. That's a, that's kind of a fun detail. Yeah, she was cool. I actually really enjoyed talking with her. She was pretty okay. neat. She was really nice. Um, all right. That brings us to the big daddy of them all. Uh, we didn't do coach of the year this year because it's dumb. Whoa, we just we just didn't do it. Did your team win the most games? Cool, your coach of the year. All right, that's and that's that. So that's it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So NBA most valuable player odds. Ooh, yeah. So once again, Luca is the betting favorite for I think the third year in a row. <laughs> at a plus four twenty-five. Two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo is at a plus six hundred. Joel Embiid at a plus six fifty. <sighs> Kevin Durant at a plus 800. Nikola Jokic at a plus 900 as he just won back-to-back MVP. So don't count yeah. on him winning a third because even if he has the best season, it's not going to happen. Uh, Jason Tatum and Steph Curry at plus 1,200. Man, they really got over that Jason Tatum finals very fast, didn't they? Yes. Uh, John Moran <laughs> at a plus 1,500. Yeah, John Moran at a plus 1,500. LeBron James at a plus 1,800. You can cross that off the list too. Um, and Devin Booker and Kawhi Leonard at a plus 3000. Uh, so I'll go and say mine because I've been talking about it already all off season. I have not kept it a secret. Um, 
I think Joel Embiid wins the MVP this year. I think that the Sixers are so built exactly for what he needs to be successful. And obviously they're going to run their team through him. Those high pick and rolls with James Harden and Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid are what's going to help the Sixers win. We already know how good he is as a defender. We know how good he is as a rim protector. He still has a good shot. He's a really good scorer. He can score from everywhere. Obviously, I know the big question is, can he stay healthy? And relatively, the last few years, he has been on the floor. I mean, really, like yep. he has not, like he's had COVID last year. But, yeah. you know, and I think at the end of the year, he might have had something. But, you know, never really like, a, oh, no, there's like his meniscus or this and that. And like he hasn't had one of those in a long time. It's like, no, I can play on the floor. I have been babied at times in the past, but, you know, like when I'm out there, it's very rare that someone on the floor is better than me. Uh, so I think James Harden recognizes it. And I think James Harden is going to give him the MVP, much like Chris Paul gave James Harden his. He has to hold on to that. Haven't dropped it yet. And <laughs> uh, I like the Sixers team. I think the Sixers team very well should be the Eastern favorites. I know a lot of people picked Milwaukee and Boston and Brooklyn, which let's just comment down on Brooklyn. Um, but I, I myself have been on here and said, I feel like Milwaukee should win it, but I look more and more into it. And the more I think about the Sixers team, the more I'm like, man, if Doc Rivers wasn't their coach, they'd probably go and be a pencil in for the Eastern for the NBA finals. But Doc Rivers is their coach. But with that being said, I'm sticking to that plus 650 on Joel Embiid. I feel like it's a great pick. And I feel like he's the guy this year. Well, not to be uh, I'm copy McCopperson, but I'm I'm also going to pick Joel Embiid. I feel like last year he improved um, on an already incredible season the, the year before. Um, like you said, I feel like this team really is built. They're due this year. I don't say that often about a team, but they're due. And I feel like the just general disrespect to Joel Embiid over the last couple of seasons. I like, I think he even said last year, he's like, I don't know what else I have to do to win this award. Yeah. You know, and, and not to say that Jokic did not deserve the award. Jokic has been phenomenal. Like, yeah, I mean, he's, sure. he's, he's in the league of his own too. So, but I think this team is going to have, I feel like they're going to have a, a this, they're going to gel this year. They're going to have Harden in a full season. I think PJ Tucker, who is the ultimate definition of a glue guy on this team and a guy who's won it, you know, um, they're going to have a good team this year. Um, just no doubt about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that he has improved slightly over the, he's, he's already so amazing at everything he does, but he's added more and more to his game. Last year, uh, you know, he had the best year of his career. Um, I mean, looking at his, his, uh, hold on just a second here. I was just looking at his stats a second ago. I mean, it is absolutely incredible what he has been able to do year after year. So last year he averaged 30 points a game. He won 11 the title, won the scoring title as a center. He shot 37% from three, which, you know, for a center, you know, who occasionally shoots threes, not bad. 11.7 rebounds, so almost 12 rebounds a game, four assists, over one steal, and one block a game. That's insane. Yeah. Like, those are those are insane. And, and you look at everything he did. He 
progressed a little bit in every stat category last year. The year before, he averaged 2.8 assists. Then it was 4.2 last year. He averaged 28 points. He got it up to 30. You know, the and his the only thing that dipped a little bit was his three point percentage because he was he was shooting more. You know, so um, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on this one, Tim. I think that he does come out this year because I, I feel like the voters, if he pulls, if he puts up the same performance that he put up this season, I feel like they're gonna have to give it to him at this point. They're gonna have to. I agree. I just feel like this is his year. He's due. The team the team is due to have a great year. I agree with you. They're not talking about them enough in terms of of them being an Eastern Conference favorite. I I think they're there. But yeah, man, I did too. It would have been it would have been fun to have seen Ben Simmons actually, you know, be there during all of this. You know, I just things happen. Yeah, they trade a one guy who melts down in Game Seven for another guy who melts down in Game Seven. So hopefully, they can get past that mental hump this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they wanted to do that, they could, if they just wanted to like, you know, not go anywhere, they could just bring Tracy McGrady out of retirement and just throw him on the team and just say, Oh, we're not going to win. Yeah. Bring in Alex Rodriguez, Aaron Rodgers, you know, people. who yeah, just the, the, the whole crew, the whole crew. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, some of my longer odds. Um, I really am question. You know, I feel like Tatum and Tatum and Curry are just too easy. Uh, I don't think LeBron will ever be, obviously, especially at this age. You know, we're probably at the point where LeBron's probably, what, the ninth best player in the NBA now? And that's yeah. kind of wild to think about. Uh, yeah, that is. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard, you know, he's going to play, you know, 37 games probably um, and not tell anybody why he's not playing. <laughs> so can't really give it to him. So Jaw's it- interesting. Yeah, Ja is. Ja is. And but you know, you guys, I remember you and Ben talking about this a couple weeks ago. I I and I agree on this. He's gotta stay healthy. You know, there's nothing that's told me otherwise. And he's gonna throw his body out there and do whatever he needs to do to take over the show. And he's so fun and so dynamic, but it hurts him in the end. I think it's you know, it's uh it's difficult for a player like him to win that award if they're sitting out fifteen or twenty games or something. Yeah, looking at basketball reference there, 2023 projection for John Morant is um, 27 points, eight assists, and six rebounds a game. That's definitely Ooh. MVP worthy. Oh, it's just, absolutely. you know, like you said, like last year in 82 games, possibly played 57. Uh, the year before in 72, he did play 63. And the year before that in the 70, 73, possibly he played 67. So, He's always just dinged up. It's never like keep he stays off the court a long time. Um, but yeah, you know, he's going to have to play a lot now, especially with how long they don't know how long Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out. So yeah, they, yeah, that's there's a, big a lot. Question mark. On, yeah, there's a lot riding on John Morant this year. So too much, too much. Yeah, I agree. Um, here's my here's one. I didn't put this on the rundown, but kind of curious because we all feel like, you know, Health-wise, of course, this is the year LeBron James becomes the league's all-time leading scorer, which is already all-time total points scored between playoff and regular season. Yeah. But this would be kind of like the solidifying it. How, how many more points does he need? I think 1,600. Okay. So not a terrible amount. No. Um, Let me look real quick, actually, while you're talking. I'll give you an answer. When 
does it happen this year? Because it's going to happen. I feel like if LeBron James plays 66 games, there's no way in hell this does not happen this year. So he's a guy who's averaged 25 and up, you know, I think since his rookie year, the year his rookie year may have been the last year he didn't do it. Um, so we're talking about 19 years, 18 years of just 25 and up. I don't have it in front of me to guarantee. Um, but I feel like this is something come February, like around the all-star break, we're having this conversation of, is this the week? Yeah, it'll be, uh, it's going to be, uh, I would say that it's probably going to be, Late February, early March. So okay. yeah, all star time. Yeah, that's that's when it's gonna happen. So let's see. Kareem all time had thirty eight thousand three hundred and eighty seven points. Yeah. LeBron James has thirty seven thousand sixty two points going into this year. So thirty eight three eight seven. That's I can normally do mental math. That's that's way too mental mathy for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, it, it. This is wild us talking about this. LeBron thirteen twenty five actually. So thirteen twenty five is much okay. closer than I had projected. Okay, that's what. So, it, that's how much. It, okay. I, can I change it to end of January? Um. Yeah. So he would. So so he needs how many? Thirteen hundred. Thirteen twenty five. Okay. So if he, you know, if he had, what's he typically average? Twenty seven, twenty eight a game. He's, you know, okay, he's so, Mr. 27, seven and seven. Remember? So, so let's say here, let's go. He's going to probably, if he, if he has 28 points a game averages that, you know, we're looking at 49 games, really. If he, if he averages 28 over those 49 games and he's going to have games where he's going to have 35, it's going to happen. Yeah. He's going to have games where he takes off too. Yeah, so or there's going to be games where he has a little bit less. So, but I, you know, 49 games into the future, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's that's where we're looking at. I really think it's probably probably the March, April. So March, I'm going to say it could be February, March. I don't know. Kind of wild to think about. We never thought that that record would be touched when we were kids. Oh no! Right? No. You know, no, I mean, like... it's, I mean, it's been there for you know thirty plus years. I mean, it's uh, it's a yeah. long, it's a long ass time, you know. But you know, I that's uh, that's one that I didn't see see breaking. But also the one that, like, the one sports record that like I just don't ever see being broken ever again is Ricky Henderson's stolen base record. Like, I feel like that's completely untouchable. Um, evolution of athletes, very possible for me. I think it's, uh, sticking in the same sport. Joe yeah, DiMaggio, I mean, 56 well, games in a row with a well, hit. Well, yeah, but Ricky, here's the other thing. Ricky played for, for, he, he played in four decades. He played in the seventies, yeah, the eighties, the nineties and two thousands, the longevity of a, of an athlete to see them do that. And on top of that, he broke the record in what, like his 12th season. Yeah. And played like another 20 years, <laughs> you know so not another 20 but at least another 10 so it's uh it's it's you know stuff like that is is interesting to think about but the the scoring title in the nba um you know the fact that kareem did all that though without having to shoot threes <laughs> you know i mean he was a foot taller than everybody so he had that going for him and he had literally the most like you know 
deadly move in basketball. No one could could guard it. So he had that going for him. So it was kind of unfair. But LeBron's had to LeBron's had to get in there and be grittier than than shit too. It's not like you know he yeah. hasn't grinded for points. So I'm not going to say oh well, you know because of the three point shot whatever. Like it's well earned and he's played in in arguably one of the hardest eras ever. You know, and I know, you know, when we talk about, you know, legacy Jordan and stuff that we don't like to talk about, you know, you know, people talking about, oh, how hard the 90s was and everything. It's like, have you seen the NBA lately? Have you seen the players that are playing right now? I mean, the athletes that are out there are incredible. It's like people, you know, it's, and this is the same situation with wrestling. You know, you got the old timers, the old guard going, oh man, attitude. And don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun with the attitude era stuff the Monday Night Wars, all that. But you can't deny that the wrestling that's going on currently right now is not the best wrestling we've ever had, right? Athletically, storyline, yeah, yeah. Everything's better. So it's like, I don't know, we're always going to be fighting against the old guard. It was better than back when we were a kid. And, you know, that's fine and everything. But LeBron has had to go through so much shit to be able to score that much, that many points. I mean, just grinding in Cleveland. Who would grind in Cleveland? Who? Donovan Mitchell's about to. He's about to. Yeah. <laughs> he has no choice. Actually, they're, they're probably better than any team LeBron had in this first Cleveland run. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So. This is kind of a fun dynamic for me because obviously, you know, LeBron's one of my three favorite players of all time. And Kareem's my favorite player I never saw play. Just like, yeah. you know, it live in person, I should say, yeah. because I, you know, I'm a nerd. I watch plenty of, you know, NBA Old classics footage. and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, Kareem's my favorite player who I didn't see in my lifetime. And so now seeing LeBron pass him is going to be kind of fun. Uh, hey, random. Did you see that HBO release winning time on DVD? DVD? Yeah, I saw it at Walmart the other day. DVD? Yeah. It's not is it available in any other format? I assume so, but I saw it in DVD at Walmart. Hold on. But also I was like, why is the HBO streaming show being released? I guess I did just get rid of HBO Max, so maybe I'm the target audience for that, but yeah, I mean, there is, yeah, I mean, I mean, when you look at, at some of these streaming services, you know, you still see Netflix releasing Stranger Things and people go out and buy it every year, you know? That's weird um, to me, yeah. But yeah, let's see here. So it is available on Blu-ray and it is available on DVD. It is not available on 4K Ultra HD, which is, at this point, I feel like that That's got to be the standard at this point, right? That's got to be the standard. I mean, but there's not... I mean, I don't know how many people are invested in, in 4K. I mean, unless you have a an Xbox or a PlayStation or you're That's a true. huge, ridiculous movie buff like me and just decide, you know what, I'm going to go out and buy a $500 Panasonic 4K Blu-ray player because I'm a psychopath and most people aren't. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, <laughs> it's not a... I am. Well, no, it's it, it's something that I that I care about. So, but most people don't. Right. Most people don't. You're not going to you're never going to have somebody that's that's th- most people are just they're going to say, "Oh, Netflix looks great anyway." You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. you know, you've you've seen it. You have you have a 4K player now. You understand there's differences in 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 quality. 
It's Dude, you know, yeah, and like I mean, you got the Harry Potter series on on No 4K. Way Home. You have No Way Home. You have Into the Spider Verse, don't you? Yep, I got the the latest Ghostbusters film. You have the good, yeah. So, so guys, I'm I'm gonna say this right now. If you're if you're saying, oh, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. You just you haven't experienced it yet. So just let you know. So I don't want to come off as a snoot. I'm coming off as a snoot. It's fine. <laughs> I'll 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 own it, but. Yeah, that's that's the re- that's my that's my Blu-ray tangent. But yeah, everything should be on 4K at this point. Yeah, I agree. You know, totally agree. make it make them in limited editions. Like, there's a lot of companies that are putting out movies. They're bringing them out on 4K. They're like, you know, we remastered this. We're gonna make 2,000 copies. If you really like this, go out and get it. You know, and that's what they should do. The big boxes. You know, like you really liked Winning Time, and by the time, wait, if you have not seen Winning Time yet, you need to go ahead and watch it. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We talk about it quite a bit. Oof. Yeah, it is. I'm really right. excited about the second season. Me too. I'll probably get HBO Max back just for that. Yes. Go yeah. ahead. All right. So I wanted to end the show on this conversation because I thought it was a very fun question. Um, former member of the network, Kyle Brandon, sent this in a text message the other day. And he asked the question, Sean Mackey, this year coming up, would you rather win the NBA title or win the NBA draft lottery? Well, if we're talking about the most coveted prospect since LeBron James, and it does sound like we are, and I know we called Zion the exact same thing a couple years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons. Um, But this guy has unique tools. I mean, his arms are gigantic spider legs. Um, he He is an animal. He is seven feet three inches tall or seven, four, seven, four before putting shoes on. Very impressive. Um, this year, I mean, here's the thing. It depends is what it's actually a really great question. Now the easy answer is you want to win the NBA title this year. It doesn't right. matter if you have 20 years of bad fortune after it. If you get the NBA title, you got the NBA title. It's there Toronto Raptor style. You know, do what you can to win. Got to do it now. Go for it. 2020 Lakers style. 2020 Lakers style. Exactly. But the, if you are running a franchise, like let's say that you are, you know, a, you know, a bum family like the Reinsdorfs, you know, and uh, you own a certain team and you don't do anything and you decide you're going to tank. Now, if you're looking for, sheer profit and getting butts in the seat, like, you know, maybe what a Reinsdorf would do. Um, that might be, you know, your prerogative to go ahead and, and, and tank out and say, you know what, let's, let's go ahead and, and go for this guy. But it's so risky. It's so risky. And it's like, you could, you know, whoever's going to win this guy this next year, they're going to be the luckiest team of the last 10 years. Um, but if I was saying this year in a, in a year that we've had, you know, different NBA champions over the last couple of years, things have been kind of uneven as I should say, because we've been, we're kind of coming out of a dynasty era. I would say that, Winning the NBA draft lottery is probably more important this year. And I, I literally will probably never say that again. 
I tend to agree, and I didn't think I would. Yeah. But if you think about, you know, you win the title, let's say, let's say the Hawks win the title this year. Let's say this is the year that everything just lines up and Trey Young, DeJounte Murray carry them to the promised land. Sure. That's great. But you're now set back and getting a good prospect because you're going to be picking in the late 20s or the 30th pick. And you're probably going to have players that want to come play with you for you next year to try to kind of build off this. So you're going to be really good again next year. And you just miss your shot at Victor Wembeyama, who could very well turn your franchise around very quickly. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, getting a chance at Wembeyama, having him for a minimum of five years, you know, on paper. So it looks, looks pretty awesome. Uh, one yeah. title, for, one title for a year versus five years of Wembeyaba at minimum. And you know, if he does everything he's supposed to do, he will project. You know, he'll be a max, a multi-max player. He'll have multiple contracts. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's the guy that a lot of people are saying, like, if LeBron was a prospect in high school right now, would you know, would you take Victor Wembeyama over him? And yeah. I hate to kind of echo what you're seeing a lot of. It's uh. You know, the body of Victor Wembeyama, as far as like how he's set up, reminds you a lot of Chet Holmgren, reminds you a lot of Joel Embiid, reminds you a lot of Sam Bowie. And when you saw LeBron in high school, you went, "Oh no, that's going to hold up. Like you're, he's going to be fine. Like yeah, yeah, body frame will be okay." Um, that's not to say I think something will happen to Wembeyama, but there is that worry. And so, I'm a, uh, but you know, other than that taking the chance and the risk that he's going to be your, your franchise player for a decade and a half. Yeah. I think it's worth every penny. Yeah. And you know, if we're looking at like, you know, just legacy standpoint, I feel like um, last couple of years in the NBA have been kind of up and down in terms of um, fan engagement. Um, We had the, the crazy, you know, Cleveland Cavaliers, Golden State Warriors every year for three years happen. And then the Raptors win a, t- win a title. The Lakers win a title. The Bucks win a title. And the Golden State Warriors somehow come come from behind and get another one last year. But how memorable are those one-off titles going to be for Toronto? For I mean, I, I know we already talk about it quite a bit, and it's it's not just at all, but you know the Lakers winning the title in the bubble. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, beating the Phoenix Suns. I mean, and not to say that the Milwaukee Bucks didn't have the best player in the NBA when they won, you know, two years ago. And, you know, the Phoenix Suns weren't one of the best teams and they ended up going out and beating them. But how much are we going to go back 10 years from now and look at that particular series and talk about like an actual legacy win like that? I mean, I just... I don't know, man. I, I feel like if 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 we're talking about right now where the NBA is kind of at a weird crossroads, um I just feel like going winning the draft lottery is is better this year. And I I, I hate myself for feeling that way. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I hate myself. I mean, Greg Popovich will likely end his career coaching Victor Wembeyama, right? That that's what's gonna happen. I feel like it's just like that's destiny. That's the stars aligning. It, it has to be. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see him or in, you know, I mean, there's no way the league's going to let him go to Utah. There's just no way. Right. It just doesn't happen. The league does not 
does not, you know, it just doesn't, it's not how it works. <laughs> like, and I'm sad. I, you know, there's all these Utah fans that are probably out that way that are like, man, one fucking forgets about us, you know? And it's like, you just dumped your whole team. You do have the shrewdest businessman in the NBA running your organization right now. So I don't know, maybe, maybe he does, but that is the only way they will get more than 10 <laughs> nationally televised games a year. That's the only way. He's got to wear that stupid ass, just planned yellow jersey. It looks like a highlighter, like with that bland ass black and white logo. And well, I no remember one, no one wants that. I, I remember back in, um, I want to say it was 2005 or 2006. I remember I was at a, a wedding uh, for a member of my family and I was out in Illinois and I was watching um, some Western conference playoff action. I remember watching the Houston Rockets who had Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady play a Utah jazz team that had Carlos Boozer and Deron Williams, you know, and I just remember thinking how, unremarkably boring that team was and that's that is exactly how everyone has felt about the last five years with rudy gobert and donovan mitchell and not to say that neither of those guys are great they're great basketball players but if you throw them in the purple it's just i don't know man it's just asking to to just revel in mediocrity I agree. If that makes sense. And I like, I want to say this. I am, I am, I had a Utah jazz jacket when I was a kid. I swear I did. Never I swear. Happened. Yeah. I got it at value city. It was cheap. It was a starter jacket. I wore it, but I'm not going to lie. I got made fun of in that jacket. As you it said. happened. It happened. It happened. It happened. You know, so we're not bullying people here. We don't agree with bullying at all, but you were a, jazz jacket in the era of the bulls like i did i did and this was this was like 1997 like oh mountains mountains yeah you know you were you could only wear three teams at that time the bulls the magic and um those (laughs) hornets yeah the bulls (laughs) you're not wrong it's like and not only that it's like those fuckers were in two nba championships and nobody still cared about them so i'm like hey guys yeah i'm just out there supporting you know good teams and everyone's like sean why don't you go i don't know walk out into traffic in that thing (laughs) good lord oh man it was a it was a it was a strict bulls or or Lakers or Magic, wherever Shaq was, streets on my thing, and I was always feuding with the kid down the street who followed Shaq wherever he went. So, yeah, who knows, man? Uh, that's pretty funny, though. <laughs> um, all right, well, I think we could wrap up this week's episode of Forty Eight Minutes Basketball Network. Thank you all for tuning in, as always, whether it be here on the stream uh, on Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook, or you check out the podcast the next day. Uh, please, 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 please take a second to subscribe to our channel uh, here if you are tuning along. It takes all two seconds. Uh, give us a nice solid five-star review of your podcast subscriber of choice. And uh, please, if you want to support the brand, 48 minutes basketball network.merchmake.com. Get some gear. 
goes a long way and helps us out a lot. So thank you, Sean. Thanks everyone for tuning in next week. The season actually matters and we'll be here to talk about it. See you soon.